0: Hey guys, I'm Danny
1: and I'm EJ and this is the Your Living Proof Podcast
0: where we talk about addiction and how it affects the family from the brutal to the beautiful and everything in between. What up everybody and welcome back to another episode of Your Living Proof Podcast. We are so glad to be back here. We got an important topic today. <sighs> Man, I thought we should start off with something just to kind of get things going a little bit. So I just want you to listen closely. <laughs>
1: You guys, Danny his favorite show legit is America's Got Talent and I, I think should beatbox he's on it. I think he's trying. There is a beatboxer on there this year but he also plays like the flute. So well, and he sings. I feel like I don't have that many talents. Anyway,
0: but in the shower it sounds a lot better. Yeah. We're so glad to be here today you guys. Um We hope you've enjoyed the last two episodes. We talked a lot about addictions, sexual ones, pornography. Today, we're going to kind of change it up and talk about a driving force to all of this, right? And it's also something that we all struggle with. Right. I think every single person does. The topic for today is a massive four-letter word. Mom, brace yourself. Just kidding. It's the F word, but it's not what you're thinking. (laughs) (laughs) fear 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 as a boy that's how I felt right when someone would say you know when you ever got questioned, when someone would be like what do you fear in life yeah I can tell you that from day one the first day I was born till I recovered from my addiction my answer was nothing
1: yeah that sounds like you
0: what what would I fear as I got a little bit older I said "Mm, getting old but I that's feared nothing. I feared nothing because that's what I felt like you were supposed to tell people. I don't fear anything. You know, I think females are generally better at expressing the things that concern them or fear them.
1: Well, I think they also feel culturally more allowed to say that. Work. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you're that's, weak. That's, if you're a boy, you know, a young boy or a man, to fear anything, you're weak.
1: Which is not actually true, by the way. And we don't teach our kids that. No, But that is a cultural No, I'm saying what thing. society yes. teaches you. Yes, yes.
0: Right? You don't fear anything. No right. fear. <laughs> I remember when I was in high school, that was a big popular brand. Oh, no yeah. No fear. That was terrible. Stickers. <laughs> so why are we talking about this? Because fear is powerful. It is the fuel for so many things that keep us stuck. It is the fuel for so many things that ruin lives.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Right? And by definition, okay, by definition, fear is this, an unpleasant feeling triggered by the perception of danger, real or imagined. Yeah. That's, the, I think, the key word to me. It's real or imagined.
1: Yeah, it's mostly imagined for me.
0: And I think that's true as well. Yeah. So overcoming fear and addiction recovery can be challenging because fear and addiction can fuel each other, and they, they quite often do. Right. Right. There's usually fears that people are even unaware of that drive them into addiction because all of a sudden they found something that takes all those fears away. Mm -hmm. Simultaneously, as they find relief from these fears, they're also building a whole other list that's soon going to challenge them of fears and when they try to overcome it. Right. Fear is a two-way street in addiction. And the topic that we wanted to talk about today is addressing... Just two points of this subject, because fear is what keeps people from recovering. But fear is also what prevents families from being able to help their loved one.
1: Right. And the first one is the one that shocked me the most, because I had actually never heard Danny talk about this, but until last week, I heard him talking um, with a client about it and just the realities of the addict themselves being so afraid to recover
0: so scared and it is hard to imagine so if you are someone listening who lives your life in a way that is different than your loved one from suffering from an, an addiction it's hard to process what their fears are because their fears are different than yours right but when someone sees someone in a in let's just be real in a pathetic state right like when their life is they're living their life in a pathetic way in their addiction
1: right active Full-blown Yes, addiction. right? Your
0: life your life is a wreck and everyone's looking at it. Most people look at that person you know, with pity or empathy and think, why wouldn't you want to change that? Right. They don't well, acknowledge. They,
1: that's, that's what people go to 100% of the time. Yes. What, what, what's it going to take for you to want to change that?
0: I don't want to talk about, you know, because we could spend an, a long time on this conversation. There is the aspect of those things they feared that drove them into addiction.
1: Yep. We have many podcast about this. Yes.
0: Okay. But what I want to talk today about is the fears that are keeping them stuck. And then the fears that are also keeping the family stuck and how those differ.
1: Yeah. I love that.
0: So if you are someone in active addiction, your list of fears, maybe it began with a few now is a very complex list, a very powerful list of fears that you aren't even aware of until you decide, okay, I'm going to try. It. I want to change do this. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you the very first and hopefully what these do, if you're a parent or a spouse or, you know, someone that you love is suffering is just having a better understanding. Okay. Because I know sometimes you rack your head against the wall, probably wondering why the biggest fear for anyone in active addiction is the fear of detox and withdrawal from the substance they are using.
1: Which is mind-blowing to me. I literally never thought about that. It's
0: the biggest fear. Here's an example to give you a little context. If you were someone in active addiction and you got arrested today and put into a jail cell for however long, 24 hours, 48 hours, they always say that if you're taking opioids or heroin or barbiturates, you know, those are very dangerous. Those are like Xanax and Valium and abusing those. They'll say that you will wish, you will beg, you will plead with the guards to die because you will be so sick. And you your fear will be through the roof. Now, if you're an alcoholic, for example, you could actually die. So they actually treat alcoholics in jail. What I'm trying to tell you, though, is the fear of it. Okay? Okay. Of the, feeling that the pain. The fear of actually, and so the, the reason I use that as an example is, you know, that's every addict's worst nightmare is getting thrown into a situation like being incarcerated where you cannot find relief to your pain. That is a very scary thought. And unfortunately for many, it happens. But actually facing the physical symptoms that will come. If you've never been one to withdraw from from any of these substances, I'm going to tell you it's the most terrifying thought ever. It's like having the worst flu you could ever imagine combined with the worst anxiety you have ever experienced in your life. Add in the fuel of fear. And it's something that most people just cannot overcome. It's unbearable. So that's number one, fear. Now here's a few others. I'm just going to list them off. We'll talk about a couple of them, but the fear of the past wreckage. So as soon as you overcome that major obstacle of the physical symptoms like soiling yourself, shivering, fevers, aches for so long. As soon as you overcome that, the next fear you have to face is the past, the wreckage, what you've done during your addiction. Without numbing and without being able to avoid it, you have to face it.
1: Can I just ask you how many days of shivering and shaking you had? Thankfully,
0: since I recovered, they've come out with a lot of new medications and different tapers and ways to assist people. You know, when I got clean, they were just coming out with some Mm -hmm. of those methods, but they weren't quite as effective as they are now. Um, Mine was about a 17 day process. I mean, I actually had ripped all my fingernails off of my fingers because I would scratch the brick walls at this. I can't say, I can't remember how to pronounce the word, but the neuriatric, psychiatric unit. Mm. What's the word? I don't know. Anyway, the place where I was at was a detox center at the university. I'm not saying the word right. It's a big complex word, but it's where they put crazy people. (laughs) I was in there shivering. I could not control my body shivers, my aches. And the pain was so bad that I would scratch my fingernails off on the wall because I was in so much agony.
1: I'm asking because I, you've talked to me about it a few times and every time, you can say that you remember it very well.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're talking almost, you know, over 14 years later, I can still remember my bones aching to the point that I would just sit and hit them, punch them because my knees would ache so bad. Yeah. Crying, just the agony. So it is a serious thing. As soon as you overcome that physical fear, you have to face the fear of the wreckage you've caused. There's also the fear. It's called loss of identity, building new connections. Who am I? That is a legitimate fear. The fear of change. Everything is going to change. When a person decides to recover, if they have a chance and they do it right, every single thing from what they eat, when they sleep, where they go, what they do, what they think, who they talk to. If you were to say today, I'm going to go into recovery tomorrow, every single step would be different in your day. Right. 100%. And that's That's a major fear for some people. crazy, yeah. So there's also the fear of no more fun. Life's going to be boring. I'm going to lose my friends. That's a legitimate fear.
1: It it is. And actually, I think that's kind of important because I'm like, it's a social circle, right? It is.
0: Every person in addiction for a short period of time lives a life that is absolutely amazing. Yeah. For people who don't become addicts or don't use drugs, they might be missing out. But remember that Little period of time is short-lived and it is fun, which is why it captivates so many people. And then boom, yeah, they it's are not, ragdolls. It's not as fun. So I've had so many talks with young men where I'm like, you know what? Yes, your life in recovery might seem a little bit boring at first, but I can promise you. And every time I start talking to them, I start to cry at this point because I said, you will trade your freedom to be free and from the wrath of addiction and substances to feel the way you want. You'll trade that freedom. I mean, you'll, you'll give that, that freedom to be worth any bit of excitement or thrill, right? Mm -hmm. You'll trade that. So there's also fear of failure. Most people can't see how this is going to be possible. Right. The mountain is too high to climb. There's also fear that it will work. And then what, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to live my life? I don't even know at this point. Right. There's the fear of feeling, and for most people, they have avoided actually feeling for so long that those feelings are scary.
1: Oh, that's a huge one.
0: And then there's the fear of of being alone. Yeah. Right now, I'm working with those about- are
1: some of the deepest hum- human like feelings that you have. Like yep. even you have those as a child. Like I don't want to be alone. Correct. You know, and so facing those in a broken state, it must be completely there's terrifying.
0: about a half a, done, a half a dozen young men I'm working with right now very good looking talented young men right as soon as they get their act together I'm telling you girls ladies if you have any nieces daughters that are <laughs> these guys are incredible they just need to get their act together but all of them fear one thing that's unanimous between all of them no one's ever going to love me no one's ever going to love me because of what I've done and, yeah. and I'm speaking from the male perspective, right? Like I, that can go both ways, but it's just really interesting that th- that's one of their fears and I'm looking at it going, Oh my gosh, a year from now, if you, if you're in recovery, I promise all that won't be concern anymore, right. but for now it is a fear. So those are fears that hold people stuck. And now I, I want to do is touch on the second aspect. Cause at the beginning we talked about two points that we want to talk about. One, what keeps Addicts stuck in addiction—it's those fears. So, what do I always say? Behind every addict, what
1: is a family that is suffering?
0: Behind every addict is a family that's suffering. So, we always talk about a few things that keep families stuck. And for example, family-oriented, God-fearing people in those communities. Some of the top three are stigma, shame, right? They also they blame. But one of the greatest things that keeps people stuck is hope. Now, these are all little blocks in the road that are stopping people from making progress. But at the end of the day, even when they face those things, they stop hoping for this magical day. They stop blaming it on other things and they get over themselves and this stigma. The thing that keeps people that last thing that prohibits people from moving forward is fear. Yep. And let's just get right out up front with you and tell you the biggest fear. The number one fear that every mother, every father, every spouse has is if I do what it's going to take, if I take a stand and I don't allow this behavior to continue anymore, I'm not going to allow my son to be passed out drunk in my house anymore. I'm not going to allow my spouse to be doing drugs all night and sleeping all day. Their biggest fear is by taking action, it will ultimately cost them their loved one's life. Yep. So if you don't
1: want to rock the boat.
0: Yeah. And if you haven't experienced that, what, what does that mean? Well, what it means is this person they love is living their life in an unacceptable way, but yet families allow this. And I'm telling you more families you can ever imagine are allowing this person to stay in their home to continue this insanity because that person has also threatened them several times. Yeah. If you kick me out or if you call the police, I'll just kill myself.
1: Yep. You'll never see me again.
0: You'll never see me again. So now the greatest fear imaginable has taken hold of the spouse or the mom or the dad or the grandma or whoever it is, and it's keeping them stuck because they fear doing something will actually cost their love on their life.
1: Yeah. It's very real. real. It it's is. It's real. Yep.
0: And it's easy for someone who's not a part of that family to recognize it and tell them, yes, that's a risk. You know, you're going to have to overcome that. But when it is our loved one, when it is our spouse or our child or our parent, it is different. That fear is so rooted; mm-hmm. it's one of it, it's.
1: It's like a primal fear, like it, you don't. It want is. the person you love to die.
0: So, for a family to have a chance at helping their loved one, they must recognize, process, overcome the fears that are keeping them stuck. Right? They must be willing to dissect and eradicate the demons in themselves, just as much as the addict, because again. Addiction is a family disease. And even if only one person is using, everyone else is getting sick with them. Yeah, Spouses or mothers becoming the detective and babysitter. I see this all the time. You do. <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to a spouse or a parent. And over time, they've become this detective tracking their loved one's moves, recognizing all these erratic behaviors, things they're doing wrong. And over time, they become an the best way to say it. They become an uglier version of themselves.
1: Yeah. Well, it they become obsessed. Yeah. And not with anything that they can control.
0: No, but it's just trying to to gain evidence to show their loved one. Like, right. look, I found this. There's a bottle you are drinking. Yeah. <laughs> that somehow that will help the cause. So it's a natural thing that happens with a lot of people. I've also witnessed recently a lot of marriages, marriages of 30 or 40 years now in turmoil, now having a serious impact on these marriages because their 38 year old son or daughter who is passed out in their basement all day long using drugs has now become this problem. That's eroding a marriage of
1: yeah decades.
0: Decades. It's a powerful thing. That family's becoming sick,
1: but they both get sick differently. I yeah. think that's, what's interesting too. It's like the, the, mom will take a different like detective position and she'll kind of go one direction and the dad will go in a different direction, but it eats them both alive.
0: Yep. Fear keeps families using a strategy that is not only ineffective, but it's toxic. It's toxic to the whole family structure because of that fear. Right. Yep. And fear actually has such a grip on most families that staying in a holding patterns easier. We've talked about that. Yep. It's actually, and it's kind of in the episode we talked about learning to live with diarrhea. Yeah. It's easier. And I have lost count how many times I've spoken with a the spouse. Episode four. Yeah. With a spouse who over time is now accepting things.
1: That they would never have.
0: I know my spouse has a sex addiction and has, you know, is trying to work on their cocaine addiction. Lately, they've told me they've just been drinking. Mm-hmm. And, you know.
1: And that's okay because that's better, <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: Yes. But for some of these people in the (laughs) beginning, that would have been an unthinkable thing. So it is easier for families at times to allow themselves to settle in this insanity than facing their biggest fear.
1: Right. So that's what I think is so, so different. What's what I know is so different about what Danny does is he's not like, Oh great. You know, I'll, I'll hunt down your loved one. I'll drag them by the collar into a facility and I'll babysit them while they're there. Cause he knows that that is a very short term fix. It's probably a 28 day fix. It's ineffective. And maybe not even that long because they could most likely check themselves out. It doesn't work. So what I love is that when Danny is meeting with people, he immediately says, what family members need to be in the next meeting. And they'll have like what what we call a family council where it's everybody can come and talk, whether it's gathering on a Zoom call because there's people across the country or it happens to be that they can meet together in a place. Danny's there to listen and then to show them, you guys, the strategy that you're implementing, it's not working.
0: Yeah, it's an... It's an opportunity for everyone to recognize, unify, set aside their personal agendas, and ultimately grow. Right.
1: Right. In that environment, it somehow makes it safer, obviously, because there's kind of like Danny's like a mediator in that moment. But it's also a beautiful thing because it's powerful. It's the point where people can shift and say, okay, yeah, you're right. We're all running in different directions. That's not a strategy. And even if it were, it's not working. Yeah. And so, um, anyway, so I, I love that part of, of the process because it really helps the entire family structure to get on the same page at the same time and really start to create a new strategy, a new
0: strategy, a more effective one.
1: Right. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today was, it was just this realization that I had and it's not a principle that just applies to addiction, but Actually applies really well to addiction, but I love to think about these concepts and apply them to different areas of my life. So in here, it's disruption and growth are companions, and that's powerful because.
0: What did you say? disruption.
1: Disruption and that's a funny
0: word. Say that word three times: disruption, (laughs) disruption, (laughs) disruption.
1: It is now. Is it sounding like a sound? Is it now a sound and not a word? (laughs) What's but it, it is true Disu- disruption
0: disruption and growth are companions yeah. i love that wow and so Gosh,
1: it's terrible because i hate disruption like i am a creature of habit i want my things to be the same anytime all the time. things
0: change it if, gives her anxiety yeah and I pay i'm for like
1: it. oh the school's starting again i hate school i don't want my kids to go to school i want them home all the time and then when they're out of school i'm like okay how are we gonna do this you know it's just everybody resists disruptions right But in in the case of addiction, it's really interesting because the reality is families have to grasp this concept and implement it into their their family structure because you will be required to be the disruption to your addict. They are not going to disrupt themselves. That's for sure.
0: They aren't. And I got to step in because there's a few families I've been working with just recently who are now realizing that. Yeah, and it's right? scary. Like their loved one who at some point was this person that they remember, and they're not that person right now, mm. is being so difficult, right? So stubborn. Like they've got them all the way down. We have barricaded them to this point where they, that person sees what's coming. They know what's about to happen. They know what the potential of loss is if they don't get better. And all they care about is the next high, the next right. drink. They cannot even see tomorrow. They can't even see tonight. They can only see now. Again, why? Because of those fears they have.
1: Right. And in my opinion, it is the most critical thing for families to understand. You will have to choose disruption, and you're going to be it. And it's hard, and that's heavy. And that's why you need a professional to help you. Because your addict will run and gun until they die. And so, you disrupting them will be the only. And,
0: and also, remember, it's not their fault. Right. That is what addiction does. Your loved one is one of millions around the world in our country going down the same exact path. Addiction is what causes them to do this. So, stop looking at them as, like, what's wrong with you? Have you lost your mind?
1: Yes, they have. Hell yeah. Yes. They have. It's gone. Anyway, so I I just I think we've used this uh, before in the podcast, but it's such a powerful quote for all of these families that are like, no, oh, it can't be the disruption. Yes, you can because don't fear failure, fear being in the exact same place next year as you are today.
0: Amen. If that you're scared, yeah, if really you're scared think. to do something, if you're scared to rock the boat, if you're scared to set a boundary and enforce. So to sort of force them to change. (laughs) I know that's scary. Consequences of that could be quite honestly be deadly, but you should fear most of all being in the same position a year from now. Right. Going through these same hardships because they will only be worse and increased by then.
1: Yep. So that's it guys. Think about how that applies in your home. Gosh, Disruption. We all know that in our
0: homes, in our marriages, in our relationships, like there is life and then everything that's cool about it. Everything that's flashy, everything that's beautiful comes from these women. <laughs> <'Cause
1: laughs> yes, that's it. this
0: concept we talked about, I didn't know you were going to use that term, but that is so awesome. Yeah. Disruption.
1: And growth. They, they are, are companions. companions, so don't fear them.
0: It's the most critical part for families to do. I'm telling you right now, it's that, I can't remember who it was, like Canfield or something said, everything you want is on the other side of fear.
1: Right. and it And it really, really is.
0: How many times have you said, I'm going to lose some weight this year. I'm going to lose some weight this summer. I'm going to learn to read. I'm going to go back to college. I'm going to start, you know.
1: I'm going to start yoga.
0: Yeah. I'm going to start doing more spiritual things to increase my spirituality. You don't. Right. And when you do, it takes this mighty effort. You have to be the disruption and the mighty effort for your loved one because they're experiencing a thing called addiction, which is impairing them from being able to do it on their own.
1: And again, they're really, really, guys, this is the truth. There is no better source to learn those concepts and how to be that disruption than the four online courses that we have available on our website. They walk you through from start to finish. And then if you wanna work with Danny one-on-one to gain some more confidence and understanding to adapt that to your situation, awesome. But those courses are freaking so powerful. Well,
0: they're powerful because they allow you to understand how to approach those fears, how to offer them legitimate help, and then how to also prepare yourself for the fears that are holding you stuck. It's the complete package. We're not just abandoning anyone or giving up on anyone, turning a cheek. No, we are. We're putting forth a path to help them showing it, making sure they understand it. And then we're taking a strong stand to overcome our fears giving them the path to overcome theirs. It's a powerful thing. Yep. So
1: disruption is the companion of growth, guys. Share this podcast with somebody because I know you all know somebody that needs it.
0: Share it. We love you. Have a good week. See you on the next one.